0: your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, August 10th, i.e. the day that I am on Dumois podcast. I will be talking all about this in just a moment. So this is an exciting day for me. We have so many exciting things to talk about, you guys. Welcome to the show. If you're new here on YouTube. Hi, it's me. Hi. I'm probably the problem at some point, according to, you know, YouTube. I'm probably the problem. Um, nice to see you guys. Welcome. If you haven't already subscribed, subscribe. I promise you, you're going to have fun over here. I am Donna Bowling. I am a former casting director and I help you guys uh, learn all the fun pop culture every day in like a 30-minute dose. I love how I'm like, I help you guys. Like, what? I don't help you. I don't help you. I just like offer fun for 30 minutes every single day. Five days a week, I bring you celeb gossip, reality TV news, pop culture, all the things. Welcome to the show. Okay. If you guys listened to my Patreon episode last night, I'm dying to know your thoughts. I talked all about my behind the scenes with Dumois and what that, what that went into, like what went into that episode. For those of you that are New to Dumois, I'm going to spell it out one more time, D-E-U-X-M-O-I. She has a hugely popular page on Instagram, 2 million followers, and a podcast that I listen to. If you're a gossip lover, you need to listen to this show every single week. She always has a new guest, and I was her guest yesterday, or today, aired today. I was her guest. I did it on Tuesday. It recorded on Tuesday. We had so much fun. We talked about... um. Lizzo. We talked about Bethany Frankel. We talked about Jeff Lewis. We talked about uh, Ben Affleck, J-Lo, the Trudeau, you know, um, Justin Trudeau in Canada. Um, Taylor Swift, of course, Selena Gomez. And then I told her all about the fact that I used to be a casting director and worked alongside all those Disney stars and helped Zendaya come over to the Disney Channel. She tripped out over that. We had a really long conversation about my previous world as a casting director. And I want you guys to go ahead and listen to that. Let her know. Send her a DM. Say, I love this episode if you did. And um, and it's really fun. It's a really good episode. Like my kids were so cute. Dylan, my um, my 10-year-old, he's like really into this stuff. And he was like, mom, this is the craziest thing. This is so cool. I don't even know who Duke's Ma is because he couldn't like understand that it was due. But I, I mean, it's just like so cool. It's so cool that they say your name. So it's always fun to do stuff like that. Um, oh my gosh, you guys, number one, I'm a Swifty. I never was like, honestly, never was, I would never consider myself a Swifty, but now having gone to her concert on Saturday, I am a full Swifty, like obsessed, want to watch her live feeds whenever she can. But I was so tired last night I went to bed. And then this morning I woke up to the news. If you are not aware, I'm sure you are, if you at all care about Taylor Swift. And trust me, I won't talk a lot about Taylor today, but Taylor Swift finally announced yesterday on August 9th, 8, 9, because she is such a mastermind when it comes to these like numerology things. She's always got the numbers down that she is re-releasing. 1989, Taylor's version, that's one of her biggest albums. It's probably what a lot of you guys know her from, Shake It Off, Bad Blood, um, Welcome to New York, like some of those big hits, but there's so many great songs on that album. I'm going to hit that up, Jessica, in just a second. But she announced it yesterday. My, I had a bunch of friends that were there in the audience. I mean, so cool. And she's just so fun. I saw a picture of her on Daily Mail where she was drinking a glass of wine after walking off the stage. I just freaking love her. Um, Jessica says, I don't get the whole Swifty thing. Those of you guys that don't understand the Swifty thing, I get it. Like, I so get it because I didn't understand it. And I still will never be as hardcore of a Swifty. But you know what got me to be kind of a Swifty was TikTok. And let me explain why. Back when she re-released Red, which was the famous, like, um, Jake Gyllenhaal song, All Too Well, she released a 10-minute version of a song, All Too Well, that she had already previously recorded. So there was, like, a four-minute normal song, All Too Well, and then she extended it and made it a 10-minute version. And no one had ever heard this entire version until she did the re-release. Well, this was probably 2021. I want to say, you guys, tell me if I'm wrong because I don't know all the details. But, um, oh, Jessica, give me the the deets. Um, so this was probably around 2021. And when she re-released it, I was really into TikTok. And I started watching all the TikToks of her, um, of all the, the big Swifties, like the Swifties that, you know, just kind of like know every single song and every single lyric. I've never been that. And they would listen to the first time of these songs and listen live and you would see a reaction from them. And when, me, when I tell you, oh, okay, thank you, Sarah. The original All Too Well was 10 minutes long, but she had to shorten it. Fans begged for the 10-minute version. Okay. Well, she, yeah, I think she had to lose a lot of songs originally because of the record company. Now she has complete control. She can do whatever the F she wants, but it just goes to show. So she had, I just remember falling in love with the fan reactions of hearing the song for the first time, like tears, screaming, the whole thing. And that's really what the concert feels like when you go. And that's, I think the whole shebang about Taylor Swift, like everyone is so obsessed and so insane, like over the top excited. It's just It's just wonderful. It's a great, happy, safe feeling when you go to a Taylor Swift concert. There's no fighting. There's no yelling. People are doing crazy ass things around you and you're just supportive of it. Like people are wearing crazy – out. I don't know. It's just so fun. Okay. That's all I'll talk about for Taylor. All right. Let's move on from Taylor Swift because I don't want you guys to freak out that this is going to become a Swifty podcast, but I had to just touch on it. So many big news articles today. The first that I think I want to cover is, let's talk about Carol Radwell making her big podcast return on um, fellow podcasters, uh, Heather McDonald, Juicy Scoop. So lots of my fans are Juicy Scoopers. Shout out Juicy Scoop. You know I'm a Jeff Lewis fan through and through. And so the fact that he was on Watch What Happens Live this week with Heather McDonald, I love how some of the comments yesterday, I guess I must have said something along the lines of um, you know, that like, I didn't know who Heather McDonald was. There's no truth to that, to that. Mm -hmm. Of course. My mom's calling. Of course I knew who Heather McDonald was. I'm from the casting director world. Like she used to be on lists, right? When we would have sitcoms and casting and stuff. So of course I knew who Heather McDonald was. I also would watch Chelsea Lately every once in a while. Uh, What I was saying was I was not a Juicy Scoop listener or um like really into the behind the scenes of Heather McDonald at all until March of this year when that whole big Jeff Lewis Heather McDonald Megan Weaver thing happened and those of you guys that know you know okay Heather McDonald had Carol Radzwell on her podcast those of you guys that don't know who Carol is Carol was a real housewife of New York she was on seasons I want to say like maybe 4 or 5 through I think she was on like five or six years, maybe 10. I I don't want to say that wrong, so I don't know. If I'm wrong, I'm sure you'll let me know in the comments. Um, I find Carol to be so interesting. I loved her book, What Remains. I read it so many years ago. Um, Of course, there's a lot of rumors that was she the original author? Was she not? Was she this... I don't care at this point. I think she's very smart. I think she's very, um, she's not like one of those catty types and okay. So Chris is saying seasons five through 10 or 11. Yeah. Um, I like Carol. I really do. I think she's smart. I like just, she's interesting to me. She's just like on, like she, she kind of beats her own drum or she marches to her own drum, whatever it's called. And that being said, like that is, to me, exciting. It's like a Jenna Lyons. I don't think we need to have, um, that's so funny. How many good summers does she have left? Sarah says, I don't think we need to have all of our housewives to all be like the Bryn Whitfields and the size, right? It's nice to have, or like the, the Ramona singers or the Tamara judges. Like I like the off the beaten path, little quirky, a little bit funky, a little bit different. And that to me was Carol. Um, She had an interesting run on the show, but very, very famously, she uh, was very good friends with John F. Kennedy Jr. and Caroline, who ended up, you know, dying in the plane crash um, years ago in the 90s. I want to say it was the 90s. So she has a really, really cool um, past and history. But on the show, on Roni, she became very close with Bethany Frankel and they became instant like besties. And um, yeah, she's so authentic and hilarious. I agree. And she, they became besties. And then we did see towards the end of her run, a quick, quick turn. There, a lot of stuff happened where she felt like Bethany was lying and gaslighting and manipulating and it really went sour. There was a lot of really negative things that kind of happened between the two of them. And. Oh, Carol was also a former princess. That's right. Carol's husband who she's a widow, her husband who passed away, um, was like a pretty, he was, he was definitely like a, an esteemed figure. She has like a really cool story. Um, but anyway, let's get to the, the podcast, Carol and Heather. So, um, I will say It did the podcast itself was fun to listen to It has a lot of like rony g- gossip and just real housewives gossip bravo gossip If you're a fan of any of that you're gonna like listening to the podcast It did have a little bit of a bethany jill zarin vibe if you know what I mean There was a lot of talking over each other. There was a lot of like Me 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 me, me both of them um So that was a little bit distracting, I thought, but it was a great episode and like lots of fun stuff that came out of it. One thing that's being picked up everywhere, all over, and I'll read off page six today, is that Carol just like dropped casually something that I thought was really interesting for anyone that has been a fan of Roni. So if you watched Roni season, I want to say, yes, it was season eight. Okay. I I can't get the season straight. I have to like rewatch So in season eight, Luann was famously engaged to Tom DiAgostino, who everyone thought was, it was such a weird pairing. They were happy for her, but it was also so strange because like Tom had hooked up with I think, Sonia before. And like, it felt really odd. But that being said, they were engaged and Luann was like in some sort of a love bubble, like a Vicky love bubble, right? And she was so excited about being with Tom and having this wedding. And that's all she cared about. You know, she was very, um, what do you call it? Like narrow-minded or like fo- focused, right? Anyway, in this season, at some point, they're in a hotel room, or at there, yeah, I think they were in a hotel, and all of a sudden, you know, Bethany starts panicking in her room, and I really feel like I need to rewatch this episode. I've seen this clip so many times, but Bethany starts like kind of getting so nervous and so stressed out in her room because she decides that she needs to tell Luann about a picture that someone had sent Luann. She had blinders on. Thank you, Luann. Someone had sent Bethany. Someone had sent Bethany a picture that. At the Regency Hotel, because it's always at the Regency, Tom D'Augustino was kissing another woman. And there's literally a picture of like mouth to mouth, like, right? And it's such an amazing scene because Bethany looks like, like almost like how she looks when she's, you know, I don't know. Like, can't find the the Maybelline mascara that she's been looking for at the dollar store. She's stressed out, panicked. Of course, there's, like, 17 Skinny Girl bottles in the room and right around her she's drinking out of a skinny – I mean, she's, like, chewing on Skinny Girl snacks. Like, it's crazy. And in that scene she says, you know, Luann, I have something to show you. Very, very stressed out. Very stressed out because you know she really cared about Luann. And Luann said, um, please. Don't let it be about Tom. Tell me it's not about Tom. Well, of course, it's about Tom. And shows her the picture, which turns into, of course, like a big drama. Carol says on this episode of the podcast with Heather, she does say that she ran into Donald Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen. And she, about six months ago, she was out to dinner with a friend, and Cohen sat down. He was the one. He claimed, so this is all alleged, that he took the picture of Tom D'Agostino and sent it either directly to Bethany or to someone else. Now, is this a big deal? Mm-hmm. The only reason it's kind of a big deal is because Michael Cohen was friends with Bethany Frankel's former fiancé, Dennis. He died in 2018. And so he sent the picture to Dennis, allegedly, who then shared it to Bethany. This is so funny. You guys, the way page six writes this article, it says, and the former attorney sent the snap to Shields, that's Dennis, who then shared it with the Apprentice Martha Stewart alum. When have you ever heard of Bethany Frankel being the Apprentice Martha Stewart alum? Like, who describes her as that? I'm surprised they didn't say the Bethany Bakes creator, Bethany Frankel. Like, the Apprentice Martha Stewart alum? That's so funny. She was on that show, but like, no one thinks of her as that show. Um, So. Yeah, I mean, it's all interesting. I think it's kind of like a funny, interesting, um, you know, story and uh, just adds to it. But previously, Carol had said that Bethany, um, you know, okay, it says will. Previously alleged that Frankel's claims, so Bethany's claims about her friend coincidentally being at the swanky hotel bar on a weeknight and sending her the bombshell photo were untrue and said the whole thing was a total setup. Basically, Carol believes that Bethany knew this woman. And in this book, Dave Quinn's book, Not All Diamonds and Rosé, you guys remember that that author, Dave Quinn? He's been on my podcast. He writes for People Magazine. And it says Bethany knew that this this woman and found out she was in contact with Tom. And Bethany was like, the next time you go see him, text me. And that's what happened. It, it probably was a setup. I'm not going to put it past Bethany Frankel to set this up. It's a little weird. Hey, I know the girl who's hooking up a t- with Tom know, Next time you're with me, with him, text me, Michael, go take the picture. Send it to Dennis. Like, it is pretty interesting. Another really freaking eye-opening moment on this podcast that's not being picked up, and this should be picked up. Because I find this even more interesting. We all know about Bethany and the union and everything, and how she's trying really hard to 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 really stick it at NBC Universal and Bravo. And I have my own thoughts on that, which I think are you know, it's a self serving issue. I've talked about that multiple times. Here in this moment, in this example, or in this you know podcast, um, Heather brought up a tweet that Aviva Dresher, Aviva. Was the one-legged Roni, which just sounds funny. Aviva's the dress, a, a Fran Drescher's cousin, but Aviva Drescher is in the podcast, and she's the one that pulls off her leg, and she's like, "The only thing that's fake was it fake? The only thing that's fake is my leg, or whatever." Um. So in this moment, she had uh, Aviva had tweeted in 2018 saying that. Bravo and production had plied her with alcohol in situations where she didn't want to drink on the show. This is 2018. Bethany in 2018 then tweeted back to NBC Universal and Bravo saying, and Aviva saying, as someone who's been on the show for 13 years, as being the original, as this, 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 that, this, I take offense to this. They've never done that. Really interesting that you say that in 2018, and then in 2023, you decide that it's all not true. It's all f- like NBC Universal and Bravo are the devil. Find that interesting. And just like we always do with politicians who are running or actors who become famous, we go back into the look, at, and, and their old tweets get discovered. And that is really, honestly, the best form of. Proof and and it's there. It's it's on screen, right? So you can actually see, uh, you can actually see that Bethany like used to stand up for Bravo and NBC Universal, and now she is saying completely the opposite. Why, guys? Why? It's just food for thought. Food for thought. Speaking of Bethany, let's move on. Bethany Frankel. Oh yeah. And you guys, a lot of you guys are asking me my thoughts on the podcast itself, Heather McDonald's podcast. Um, Like I said, it was a really, really fun podcast to listen to because I really like Carol, but I do think that like there was a lot of talk over. It was a kind of hard thing to, I wanted more Carol. I wanted to hear more Carol, but I I mean, I still love the episode. I was into it. Okay. Let's talk about, um, Candy, Candy Burris. So Candy, now Candy Real Housewives of Atlanta. If you guys don't know who Candy is, she's been on the show for so many years. I think since season one of Atlanta, so I don't even know how many seasons that is. I'm sure one of you guys will be able to tell me that. But she says I will not be a part of Bethany Frankel's war against Bravo and NBC because I prefer to handle issues myself in real time. She says I would not be a part of that. Oh, she told Entertainment Tonight, it wouldn't make any me to be a part of that. To me, if I'm working with somebody and I feel like they're not doing something they should, I address it right then. He says she doesn't believe reality stars should wait for after their show airs and is done with years after. And now you're going to go back and try to go for their throat. She goes, I've always reached out to the network to address any issues I may have had. Yeah. Candy is on it. That's the move. When you're when you're in power, when you have a show, when you're already on the show, and you're a fan favorite, or even if you're not, but you have a contract, silly, not okay. Let's not do it thirty years later, right? It feels very, you know, what's that thing when you're you're wanting something to drink and you're parched? It feels thirsty to go back. Um, I really like that answer that Candy said, and I also really like. Um, Well, she also said something else that I think is so freaking important. She says, I myself have generated millions and millions of dollars in advertising and online impressions being on reality TV, and I've never made a single residual. So either I'm missing something or we're getting screwed too. I think both are true. I think you can absolutely make a huge amount of money and be super successful on reality TV without residuals. And I also think they should get residuals in addition. That's what I think. Okay. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about this Terry Dubrow and Heather Dubrow story. Um, I mentioned it yesterday how Terry had a transient ischemic – transient ischemic – oh gosh, what's the A for? TIA. What is the A? You attack. Thank you so much. I wanted to say an asthma, but like, it's not. They, I talked about it yesterday. I reported how they had lunch at the Ivy last week. He, for less than a minute, basically started slurring his words and he was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And she said, and she, according to both him and her essentially said, like, I don't care what you think, you're going to the hospital. And here, this is a man thing, I think more than a woman thing, maybe not, but I really do believe that most men out there are so scared to, like, admit, you know, I'm sick or I'm weak or I need to go to the doctor or whatever. And especially because he's a plastic surgeon, he is a doctor, he's successful, he's famous. There was a TMZ bus driving by the IBM and you couldn't be at a more kind of famous place in that moment. But she forced him because as a wife, you guys, we have to be able to do this for, not even as a wife, but like as a friend, as a mother, as a daughter, as a wife, as a person, as a husband, always force these people to go get help. You know, I have a girlfriend who I used to work out with and I never will forget this story. She had, you know, married with young kids. She's just a few years older than me, really not a, a, a young I mean, really not an older woman at this time, married to the love of her life, and this guy never mentioned to her, well, I'm not going to get graphic, but essentially what happened was one day she found out that he had he was passing blood, and she never knew. And she said, wait, what is going on here? He was passing blood in the bathroom, you know? What is going on here? And he said, oh yeah, it's been happening like on and off for a year. Well, this man died, okay? The father of three, her husband died so fast within like two years because he had a horrible advanced case of colon cancer. And the only reason he didn't do anything about it was because he was like, it's going to be okay. Like, I don't need a doctor. You know, he was one of those kind of personalities. I, I swear sometimes I grow Lance. I'm like, Lance, how you feeling? What are you doing? What's going on? Anything strange? Any-? Always go to the doctor. So anyway, he did go to the doctor on her – or the hospital on her request, on her forcing basically and he didn't want to go and she saved his life because they say that most likely – well, he had holes, a hole in his heart that he didn't know about and the blood clot went through the heart, went to his brain and if he wouldn't have taken care of it, most likely it would have done a a bigger damage and he would have had a bigger stroke and he was about to fly to go to New York to go to watch what happens live and altitude blood clots and planes do not mix he probably would have died so she full-on saved his life um I was in tears watching this clip I'm sure you guys were too if you watch this clip it's pretty incredible I'm gonna say something that's probably gonna be very unpopular are you ready for this I don't understand why they hate Heather so much on OC. I have yet to like wrap. I watched OC last night. So if you guys watched OC, there was a big ass, big falling out, screaming argument, of course, from Shannon Bedore. Of course. And it always was it, – it always comes back to the fact that, like, her relationship is being mentioned. We've talked about this in multiple episodes. She's breaking the fourth wall left and right. She's going to talk to production. Something is taking her out of her body when this is brought up. But anytime there's an issue between her and John Jansen, her boyfriend at the time, and it's brought up, she freaking panics. It's, it's insane to me, her reaction, but it's over the top because she's convinced that he it will break up with her. He's definitely going to break up with her if he finds out that, the converse, that their relationship was brought up on TV. Uh, I don't get it. And she kept saying something along the lines of like, we're normal. Everything's fine. When we argue, I get paralyzed. Yes, I get paralyzed when we argue. Okay, I'll tell you when I've ever gotten paralyzed with an argument. I got paralyzed in my arguments with Lance when we were maybe not even engaged, like early. Early, 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 early. I have pretty good security in myself and my relationship to know that even the worst of the worst arguments, like, stay cool, Donna. Like, don't pay, like, my life and my, um, myself, like, I'm not losing myself in my relationship Ever. Can they be devastating and bummer and, like, upset me and, like, make me cry sometimes? Sure. Paralyzed? At that age? they ain't good. That's just my thought. It's not a good look to be paralyzed by a fight with your boyfriend in your 50s. It's, I mean, Vicky was kind of similar, right? Like, very, very dramatic about her relationships, always. Anyway, Heather apparently has been talking a little bit About the fact that this relationship is not very good, but so has everyone else. And for whatever reason, Heather is just the the scapegoat. They hate that Heather has been talking about it. A lot of you guys think she does. Yes, yes, Heather is. I'm Heather DuBrow, the way she talks about everything. Mm -mm -mm. She's so pretentious. We know this. She does talk in a snobby manner. We know this. She does feel like she's maybe better than others. I look at it as almost more of like, kind of embarrassing. Where she like acts, (laughs) I kind—I don't like get offended by it. I just look at, you know, I look at it as like another, like a little bit of a like, mm, like, it's kind of lame. She's prissy. That's a great word, Sandy. Heather's just prissy. I don't take her so personally. I don't know why they all hate her so much. But they do. And I guess it gets worse and worse and worse because we just saw Emily and Tamara on Watch What Happens Live saying like they really just wait, watch watch what happens. I don't know. Maybe it's going to get worse. I really don't know. Um, In this moment, I haven't felt that though. All I feel is like, yeah, this is good. Chris says, I think she embraces it like Luann embraces it, like the Countess character. It's like you just embrace it. It's a character and you just go with it. Um, I personally feel like I want to love Shannon. I really do. This is, it's hard to watch. I, I, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not doing this. I'm done. I'm done. No. <laughs> Can we not run away every time you're not liking the conversation? Can we just have conversation what was nice about this episode was Vicky. Why is Vicky Gumbleson coming off as like the most um, welcomed in? Ha- I-, I love Vicky's energy. She's not stressed. She's not bringing stress. She's happy. She's laughing. She's having fun. She's she's upside down on the keg stand. I understand that you guys are very a lot of you guys hate Vicky. I, I didn't mind Vicky. Vicky brings happiness to me. Jen Pedranti. Finally, we're not talking about her relationship. Bless the lords. We've moved on. Ah, you guys, Shannon, we'll have to see what happens. Anyway, watch what happens like Bethany says. Um, it was a fun episode though. I actually did enjoy it. I know a lot of you guys are like, it's the same old, same old. I don't think it's boring. I actually am really enjoying Rose. Uh, Ro- I was going to say Rosie. Should we call it Rosie? Real Housewives of OC. Yeah, Shannon is imploding because she doesn't want another failed relationship to play out on the show. Well, of course not. But I'm so itchy right here. Like, do I have a hair here? Of course not, but at the same time, you know it's it's a TV show, and like your kids are older. Like, what else are we talking about here? Just Archie? We just gonna have a show about Archie? I don't know. Um, okay, you guys, I love you, dosers. Thank you so much for being here. Another day down. I will see you guys tomorrow. And for those of you that have not yet jumped into Patreon, remember we will have a happy hour next week. Jump in there. Um, New episodes every Wednesday with some extra, uh, fun dose of of me, I guess. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye.